0: Friends, of course I go by the name of the Kid Famous. You and now tuned in to the Tim and Friends show. Hello, education, entertainment, coast to coast, Ball balling up, call it oh, entertainment. Let's get this started. Uncle Tim, let's start this show with five, four,
1: three, two, one. Let's go. Timmy Caliphan, I think you saw Jesse Rubinoff's best moves, or at least no, that's understated today. At least kind of a bob. It was a bob. It was very understated. If you're among the folks that stuck around or fell asleep after draw 14 of the National Pinty's Grand Slam of curling, one, wake up. Wake up! And check out the hashtag TimCurls on Twitter. We are giving away a great prize in the first hour of the show that you're going to want to look at. Again, head to our Twitter account or the hashtag TimCurls. And I'm not talking about my hair. I am talking about bringing the hammer. A great prize available to all curling fans. We'll tell you about it in a couple of minutes and give it away during the hour that we are on Sportsnet. Before we get going here, I just want to congratulate the Toronto Maple Leafs on winning the Stanley Cup. (laughs) Last night in Toronto. What an unbelievable... Wait, oh, sorry. My mistake. Let's fade that out. They just beat the Stanley Cup champs. Mm. They didn't actually win the Stanley Cup. Back to back. Champs kind of felt like they had won the Stanley Cup. I kid Lee fans because I love Lee fans. Someone better love them. Jesse, I'm telling you as an innocent, unbiased bystander, despite all that was put into that game by some of the fan base, it was a very fun game to watch.
2: We should maybe think about going down to four on four and then three on three. For all of hockey. For just
1: period. Just period. You know, I was out watching some double-A kids hockey yeah. yesterday, and the ice seemed small. When I watch the pros play, it seems absolutely tiny. Exactly. Like, nobody can carry the puck. I've said this about three-on-three three all the time. Give me ten minutes of that, because you actually get to see guys carry the puck. Five-on-five, five, there's no room on any of these ice surfaces. Yeah, I mean,
2: the the, the purists will say that is. The the best of the best thrive in those situations with very little time and space. Those are the two, like, big hockey words. Time Time and and space, space, yes. But, like, we want to see some skill. It would be good for the product. More room to operate. You're going
1: to get to see the best of the best do their thing. Yeah, the skills have changed. The guys who one touch off, And I appreciate that. I appreciate the ability to have the puck on your stick for less than a second Mm -hmm. and find an open man or understand where the the problem lies when guys are, like, curling and it's the wrong curl at the wrong time, and then there's pizzas up the middle. Like, I'm with you, man. The four on four is so much fun. Three on three, so much fun to watch. It was almost – last night's game was almost better than Alex Wong of the Raptor Show podcast, rapping about Popeyes on my appearance yesterday. If you didn't hear it, I got you. I got you.
3: Popeyes just changed everything. I wonder how life without it would go. From Louisiana, who knew that fried chicken could grow? Now we on top, everyone else standing below. I call for delivery about an hour
1: ago. Yeah. Call for delivery about an hour ago. You know what I'm saying? Raptor Show, Sportsnet 590 The Fan, or on podcasts, wherever you get Alex, your podcasts. Cool. Yeah, you know, I was dropping verses, bars. Speaking of Raptors, uh, they might be better than the Popeye rap. Sorry, Alex. Uh, they're going for their sixth straight win tonight as they host the Cleveland Cavaliers and Kevin Pangos. That's right, Kevin Pangos, a kid from just north of Toronto. Great story. Been a long road to the NBA. He has persevered. The kid from Holland Landing, Michael Grange, will take a look at his journey. And then Grange will join us from Scotiabank Arena a little later on as the Raptors and Cavs go toe-to-toe. We'll also go to Rogers Place in Edmonton to talk to Oilers legend Kevin Lowe, who will have his number four retired tonight, ahead of the Rangers and Oilers, fitting those two teams for Kevin Lowe. Edmonton looking for a franchise record 9-1 start to the season. That's right, kids. There is a ton going on right now. Big news day in the NFL. Odell Beckham is done with the Browns, and we heard from Aaron Rodgers. Oh, did we hear from Aaron Rodgers? We'll chop that up with Nate Burleson. Our number two, all that plus the best of the week. And did we mention we have a curling giveaway? That's right. Hashtag Tim Curls. Go check it out right now. But we begin like we always do with Jesse Biggie. First things first. How you doing, Patrick Ewan? Nice. I like this.
4: Could get used to that.
2: All right, yeah, uh, so Stanley Cup or not, the Leafs' winning streak. is up to four games after they came back to beat the Lightning 2-1 in overtime last night. John Tavares tied it with less than a minute to go in the third period. And William Nylander scored the OT winner and yet another uh, entertaining three-on-three. This was the power play, but another entertaining overtime. Tim, you've been saying you want to see more fight from this team, did you see more fight last night?
1: Don't let me act like I'm not impressed. I'm not acting like I'm not impressed here. I need to separate the two things. Uh, The battle on the scoreboard and the war on the ice. Did I like the fight and the battle on the scoreboard? Yes. Yes Jack Campbell was unbelievable. We'll get more into him as we continue this conversation and the Leafs responded after they saw Jack Campbell stand on his head keep a minute in a third period and Tavares gets the goal to send it to overtime and then you see a display of absolute skill Sheldon Keefe goes with four forwards on a power play in overtime. So instead of three on three you have the four on three and the sustained pressure. And the passing that the Leafs showed with those four very skilled forwards on the ice was something to behold, and many Leaf fans did behold it. So I liked that part of the fight, mm-hmm. the, the battle on the scoreboard. They ended up winning, albeit in overtime on the power play. The fight that I saw from the team, especially after the Sergachev hit on Marner. I was not all that impressed with. The only guy that, listen, did I think this was a two-game suspension? No. Did I think it was a dirty hit? Hell yeah. I thought this was one of those ones that the NHL would say, well, he didn't really follow through. He didn't really put a lot into it. And he didn't. It could have been a lot worse. But it was dirty as hell. The question I have is, how is it only John Tavares, who, like, John Tavares is the only guy that addressed this with Mikhail Sergachev, I wanted to see, like, I don't, listen, maybe Wayne Simmons, because he got scolded for what he did to Alex Edler, remember that one on the hit on Hyman, mm-hmm. he ended up knocking him out, people got all upset, maybe that caused him to stay away from Sergachev. but how is it only John Tavares, who you never see in that spot, going over to Sergachev and dealing with uh. this in this
2: way? It's a fair point. I, I kind of look at it from the other side as in I'm impressed by what I saw from Tavares in that moment. I am because, too. Because a lot of times um, the Leafs just don't react at all. And to see the captain be the one who steps in there when Marner gets hit like yeah. that, I think says something I, about I, what he's trying to I do thought,
1: to the team. I thought I was saying that. I completely agree with you. I am. It's not his job to do it, but he went you over there. You would like there. to see more from the rest uh, of yeah, them. One of yeah, the, the rest of the crew. Yeah. Like, look, Tavares goes over and there's four lightning on him.
2: Yeah. I mean, that part of it is frustrating. But look, they're not, the reality
1: is they're not built this way. Like, we, no, we can but talk, they, all, no, we can talk all we No, stop that. They, have. they it, added Simmons and last year they went and got Bogosian. What are they going to do if he's they, not on the ice? And Mick Ritchie. Right? Right? He's not like, there. Okay, so what about later? Did Sergeyev get kicked out of the game? No. No, he didn't. So, you can do it in another shift. Or do you have to wait to another game to set your They tone? get you
2: on the scoreboard. That's what the Leafs do. No, but...
1: Sometimes. But sometimes say, they do. Listen, you can't leave it up to fans because it was Tavares... And a fa- Did you see the guy by the penalty box go over? He, he was standing <laughs> up for Marner. I love the look on Sergeyev's face when he hits the glass. Can we do it one more time? So good. Serge- Sergeyev's face is like, wait, wait a second. Did this guy just come after me? So good. Come after me. I'm a man. There's a little smirk in his so- face. Watch it one more time, Jesse. There's the slap on the glass. <laughs> hey, you don't do that to Marner. The guy <laughs> wanted to go all clear. full uh, Tiedome and Philly. Yeah. Miguel Sergeyev. I love it, but you need more than
2: just the fan and John Tavares. I'm surprised that you don't think Sergeyev deserved a suspension. This intrigues I, me. You,
1: uh, this intrigues Please I, listen. I did not say that he didn't deserve a suspension. I said I didn't think he was going to get a suspension. Okay. And the much NHL much giving much a two game suspension on this it's just a dirty play and he did it on purpose and he can act like he let up and a lot of people do this in the game of hockey it's accidentally on purpose and this was one of those plays where i thought ah the nhl won't weigh in on it but it's a dirty hit and everyone knows that it's a dirty hit and everyone and that's why i wanted more of a reaction from the leafs but listen if the nhl is continually going to give out these suspensions these dirty little plays that everyone on the ice kind of sort of knows is dirty but they can't really do anything about it, and it's only a two-minute penalty on the ice. If the NHL keeps giving these suspensions once they watch it a couple of times, then maybe the Leafs don't have to do that. Yeah. Maybe the maybe I, crazy here. Maybe the game will police itself instead of having the players police. Yes. Maybe, but I doubt it, and that's why I say this. <laughs> uh, okay, you want to talk about Jack Campbell? Or you want to go to the Habs? I want to no. I want to talk about Jack Campbell for a second because yeah. I, I looked at the numbers and I just realized like. This guy, since joining the Leafs, is 25-7-4. 25-7-4. He's got a 9.23 save percentage. This year, he has got a 9.32 save percentage. In At home, as a member of the Leafs, he's 13-1-1 with a 2-0-1 goals against average. And yet, I get the feeling that people don't trust him. Why is that? Because there's a narrative
2: now. It's can he do it for a full season? And until he does it for a full season, no matter how well he plays, that's going to be the narrative. This is what sports has become. It's about narratives that get planted, and that one is going to continue until he gets to the end of the season, until he makes his way into the playoffs again and they win around. That's just the reality for the Leafs. But the point is made. He has been fantastic since he's been the starter for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like, flat out. They were well on their way to losing that game last night, if it's not for Jack Campbell. You said that. Without he was the doubt. first star of the game, for sure. Rightfully so.
1: Vasileski was good too.
2: Yeah, so I mean, <laughs> that's just that is just what has happened. People have made it clear that we're gonna need to see it over the course of an 82 game season, rightly or wrongly, but that's Did just. Did he play Vasileski last night? Yeah, he won the Yes. Yes,
1: for sure. I just I don't think that he gets the I think there's a bunch of people saying, yeah, but about Jack Campbell. And I guess your answer is when he does it in the playoffs, like everybody else, that's when the Yabba yeah. will go away. I don't know if that's fair.
2: Yes, I, I, I don't think it's fair either. I think he's doing wonders for the Maple Leafs let's, right
1: now. Let's just roll past the Habs for now. Let's just give them the pass. They got booed at home. Uh, I don't know if you saw Eric Engel's tweet, but he was saying it,
2: as a of fact. That,
1: that basically for those who didn't see it, uh, once they got a little bit of their Bronx cheer was basically an ole, ole, ole. Um, mock cheering is one thing, but starting an Ole down 5 nothing after a shot on goal is another thing. Great zoom in, Jesse. I Thank appreciate you. it. Uh, a shot from center ice. <laughs> it's amazing. Let's just move on from that. Stop moving around on the computer. All right. I got the fancy hands. Fancy hands Friday. Uh, okay. You want so to go Aaron Rodgers? Let's just get away from the Habs. They're having a tough time right now, and I don't know how they get out of it. It's very ugly. It's very ugly in Montreal. So agree?
2: Yeah, you want to get get to uh, uh, Montreal, you're getting the pass today. You want to go to another ugly story? Oh, so we're going
1: from Montreal to Aaron Rodgers? Is that what you're telling me? That's where we're going. Uh.
2: Aaron Rodgers. So this is a weekly appearance on the Pat McAfee Show today, speaking publicly for the first time since he tested positive for COVID. And it was revealed that he is unvaccinated. Rodgers said he broke league protocol by conducting in-person press conferences because the rules, quote, make no sense. And tried to explain his reasoning behind not getting vaccinated.
5: Had there been a follow up to my statement that I've been immunized, I would have responded uh, with this. I would have said, look, um, I'm not, uh, you know, some sort of anti vax flat earther. Um, I I am somebody who's a critical thinker. Uh, You guys know me, I march to the beat of my own drum. I believe strongly in bodily autonomy and the ability to make choices for your body, not to have to acquiesce to some woke culture or crazed you know, group of individuals who say you have to do something. Health is not a one size fits all for everybody. I have uh, an allergy to an ingredient that's in the mRNA vaccines. So on the CDC's own website, it says, should you have an allergy to any of the ingredients, you should not get one of the mRNA vaccines. So those two were out already. So my only option was Johnson & Johnson. At this time, in the early spring, I had heard of multiple people who had had adverse events around getting the J&J. Nothing that was no deaths or anything, but just some really difficult uh, times and physical uh, uh, abnormalities around uh, the J&J shot. I made a choice that was in my best interest. You might respect it, you might hate it, but I bet you the same people that hate it are the same people that are really going to hate the fact that I'm forty hour, 48 hours in, and I consulted with a now good friend of mine, Joe Rogan, after he got COVID, and I've been doing a lot of the stuff that he recommended in his podcasts and, you know, on the phone to me, and... I'm going to have the best immunity possible now based on the 2.5 million person study from Israel that the people who get COVID and recover have the most robust immunity.
1: A lot to take in there, obviously. Your thoughts on Rogers? Uh, I'm not a sheep. I'm a critical thinker. I do my own research. So when I need the kind of information and advice that we all require in the face of a raging global pandemic, I go to the former host of Fear Factor. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm only kind of kidding. Like, this is just one of those clickbait stories. And I I respect Joe Rogan. I respect my podcast turned into this show. And his was sold to Spotify for $100 million. <laughs> like I, I think that there is a big need for real conversation outside of the corporate entities that dominate media for sure. Without a doubt. But way too many people are talking about this story and other COVID stuff because it guarantees them viewers, it guarantees them chatter, it guarantees them engagement because human beings don't have all of the answers right now and they're scared and they're sick and tired of being lied to. So every media company in the world from the big boys like CNN and Fox peddle this junk to you knowing that a high percent of you, percentage of you will click and or comment or argue with the others clicking and or commenting and that makes the money in this stupid world right now is that engagement even if people are just yelling and screaming at each other and don't kid yourself every blog that you have turned to to get away from the big boys is doing the same thing right now they're preying on people's fears for the same engagement that they will sell to others, and it's kind of sort of disgusting, but it's how the world works right now. But let me make it clear. When it comes to a disease that has already claimed over 750,000 who live in the United States and America, and almost 30,000 in Canada, as well as completely disrupted our lives for what, like a year and a half now or more? I am going to talk to doctors who have spent their lives studying things like this. I'm going to read through evidence passed on from thousands of the smartest people on planet Earth over the former host of Fear Factor. No matter who he has on, or how convincing he is or they are, the whole point of many clinical trials, not just one, but many, is that one or two or 10 can be wrong. Let's pass this through thousands. And the overwhelming evidence is that those people have been way more right than a lot of the people who are protecting your freedoms right now and oh yeah, also profiting from it too because they don't like to be told what to do. I, I don't want to be a part of the hot take click bait on this mm-hmm. and I know that we just were, but can we just move on? We can go to Odell Beckham Jr. <laughs> Like, is it okay though? Like, if I don't want to, I don't want to speak for you. No. I don't want to. Obviously, I'm always ask my opinion. That's part of the show. But I don't want to just take it and run and not let you answer. But if you want to move on to Odell Beckham Jr., I would gladly walk along with you, even though it's the Odell Beckham Jr. story. No,
2: I think you hit the nail on the head, and and we have Nate Burleson coming up later in the show, and. You'll probably ask him about that, too. So uh, and I I want to to respect
1: everyone's. But it's like we're in a society and it is a societal conversation. I understand it. But I just think that a lot of people are profiting off of the vitriol. Like you and I were talking about Cambridge Analytica. Like Mm -hmm. when was that? It was like a Facebook thing like ten years ago. Right. Yep. And the thing that I, I wrote down from the Cambridge Analytica in my phone to remember at all times is the more inflammatory content Sorry, the more inflammatory the content, the more viral. That's what people are going for. They just, they're spitting vitriol on purpose because they know
2: it'll go viral. There were a ton of people watching Rodgers on the McAfee show when he was talking about what he was talking about. So that plays to your point. Right. Uh, Okay, so the Cleveland Browns released a statement this morning saying Odell Beckham Jr. will no longer play for the team and that they're finalizing the process of releasing him where is the best landing spot for Odell Beckham Jr.? I have an
1: idea. By the way, you know that it's his birthday. That's awful. It's his birthday today. Maybe that actually it's no, not awful. That, yeah, could no, that could be a present. That could be a present for him. He where, doesn't where, like Baker May. Where do you think it is? I don't know if this
2: actually is going to happen, but hear me out on this. I think it would be great if he went to the Chiefs. Because they are sorely lacking that third playmaker. They have Tyreek Hill. They have Travis Kelsey. We've talked about it. They can't find someone to fit into that third spot. If he can go there, draws a little bit more attention from the defense, I think the Chiefs would thrive.
1: The the Chiefs aren't among the favorites to get him. But I think a lot of people are just drawing lines of delineation. Like Henry Ruggs is obviously gone. So I think Vegas is the favorite to pick him up. And then there's New Orleans right away, and that's Michael Thomas is out. So I, I like your idea as good as any. KC. We'll see. Nicole Hartman. We've, how many times have we talked about McCole Hartman yeah, not being the job, that guy? Can't do it. Josh
2: Gordon obviously didn't work out. DeMarcus Robinson hasn't worked out no. either. So
1: let's go. Get him to KC. You never give me the horns, but I just gave you the
2: horns. I'm pretty sure I just gave you the horns like 45 seconds ago. <laughs> you did.
1: The <laughs> Raptors will look for their <laughs> sixth straight win tonight when they host the Cavs. You can see it on Sportsnet 1 at 7 p.m. Eastern. Scotty Barnes. Hall of future Hall of Famer. Back after missing two games with the sprained thumb just in time for a matchup with the third overall pick. Uh, Evan Mobley. You can see that tonight on Sportsnet okay. 1. Yeah, so I asked you yesterday,
2: <laughs> you didn't really give me an answer, uh, so I'll ask you again, how are the Raptors doing this? How are the Raptors 6-3 and three on the year? I still don't have an answer,
1: do you? No, I really don't. I, I want to say defense, but I haven't done the deep okay. dive yet yes. because I was too busy watching Aaron Rodgers and doing my research. Fair enough. So, so
2: we've tacitly discussed the formula
1: yes defense smarts let's go a little That's, deeper into oh, it oh
2: did you I yes did work. Jesse I went to the box scores <laughs> we right. need some numbers to support what we're saying okay? okay so first of all um we talked about this and we said this was going to be their formula before the season didn't we we said Tassibly, yes. they were going to have to okay. <laughs> tass- <laughs> yeah right. we said they're going to have to rebound the ball number one they're going to yeah. have to rebound the ball what are they doing they are number one in the league in offensive, offensive rebounds. Yeah, they are nice. crashing the glass. And this all of this, what I'm about to tell you, is all related, okay? okay? So they're leading the league in offensive rebounds currently. Then we go to how are they playing on defense? They are working hard. They're getting their hands in the lanes. Deflections. They are deflecting the yeah. ball. Deflections. Leading the league in deflections. And we go to individual deflections. What a leap for Gary Trent when it comes to his ability yeah. on the defensive end of the floor. He is number one in the league in individual deflections. And then look where Fred VanVleet is right behind him at number two. One, two, so, unbuckle my shoe. Naturally, mm-hmm. that means the Toronto Raptors are leading the league in steals by a very wide margin. 16, in fact, over the second in the league. Those are the Charlotte Hornets. I and got you. So, what does all of this mean? More rebounds, more steals, possessions. more deflections. It leads to more possessions. Mm-hmm. So I did the math. In seven of the nine games the Raptors have played, they've attempted more field goals yep. than their opponents. Now, they're it's not always going to make those field goals. Yeah. But if they can find a way to shoot the ball decently, decently, then they're going to find a way to win games because they're getting more possessions. Now, the, the only team ironically that won the title in the last five years but wasn't in the top five in the league in field goals made was the raptors when they won it with Kawhi? but Mm. every other team has been in the top five of field goals made and when you give yourself that many opportunities you have a chance to make more
1: if you go through the history of the nba top 10 offensive efficiency top 10 defensive efficiency and defensive efficiency more important it's the calling card you have to have both and right now they're doing pretty well. All right, thanks for the deep dive. Jesse got Rubinov got, got my back. Still to come, Nate Burleson. His weekly talk will go OBJ, we will go Rodgers, will go all things NFL. Kevin Lowe live from Edmonton ahead of his jersey. Joining those in the Raptors and up next, Michael Grange from Scotiabank Arena as the Raptors look for their sixth straight win. And we'll take a look, closer look at Kevin Pangos' crazy journey to the NBA. It's Tim and Friends on a Friday. Let us go. The logo! The logo! SGA knocks it down! Wow! <laughs> <laughs> to Willie, a one-timer! He scores! Holy
6: <laughs> mackerel! We Willie Nylander wins the game! Wow! Taylor's gone! Jonathan Taylor! Goodbye, touchdown, Indy!
4: Shurik.
1: <gasps> Tim and friends, 30 more minutes on Sportsnet than the rest in Sportsnet 360 and Sportsnet West. The Raptors looking for their sixth straight game. Welcome Scotty Byrnes back to the lineup as they. Host Evan Mobley and the Cavs tonight. We've got it on Sportsnet 1 starting with the Raptors pregame show at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Now, I left out the name Kevin Pangos, but it has been a long journey for Pangos to get to the NBA. He's 28 years old and he's a rookie point guard from Holland Landing, Ontario, who signed with the Cavs this offseason after a six-year tour through Europe, which followed four great years at Gonzaga. He's also been a loyal player for Team Canada throughout it all. With more on the journey to the NBA, I present to you some words from Michael Grange. This kid Pangos, an exceptional leader, tough as nails, does all the right things on the court.
6: A dream deferred isn't a dream denied. It's one that requires a leap of faith. It's one that never dies, because the belief never does. That's how dreams happen. Is
3: that basketball? Let's see. we got Michigan versus Arkansas. Yeah.
6: Finally, Kevin Pangos will do what he's wanted to do, what he's dreamed of doing, since he was a teenager, growing his hair long like Steve Nash. The Cleveland Cavaliers guard is going to walk onto the floor at Scotiabank Arena for the first time as an NBA player against his hometown Toronto Raptors. Finally! It's something he's always envisioned, planned on, and worked for. It just took a while. The dream started taking shape when Pangos was a kid who gave up all the other sports for hoops in eighth grade. He was all in and the returns came fast and early. He helped Canada to a World Championship bronze medal when he was 16 years old. He was the scoring leader on a team that featured two first overall NBA picks. He made his senior national team debut before he could vote. In his final year of high school, he staged epic duels against Andrew Wiggins and made himself one of the most sought after point guard prospects on the continent. Everywhere Pangos went, success followed. But when he graduated from Gonzaga, having led the Bulldogs to four straight NCAA tournaments and proving himself one of the best shooters and playmakers in college basketball, the NBA took a pass. Maybe later, kid. Pangos kept dreaming. He took his sneakers to some of the best leagues in the world. He starred in Spain, tore it up in Lithuania and was celebrated in Russia. Many thought he was the best point guard in the world not playing in the NBA. For some, that might have been enough. For Pangos, there was an itch, and he couldn't stop scratching. But he was 28. It was now or never, so he took that chance. There was more money to be made in Europe, guarantees of a starting role with the best clubs, but he wanted more. In his mind's eye, he saw himself in the best league on the planet, competing against the best.
3: It doesn't get any better than this.
6: Kevin Pangos never let go of that dream and now in front of friends and family and against his hometown team it finally comes true
1: I love these stories this is why we love sports Michael Grange now joins me from Scotiabank Arena great job Michael as always Uh, what, what made you what made you want to write this one? (laughs)
6: <laughs> I've been waiting. I've been waiting a long time to do it. I mean, uh, I've known Kevin and and had written stories about Kevin almost since he was in high school, or certainly since he was in high school, and just following his progress. And and if you go back to 2000, as you well know, Tim, you go back 2010, 11, 12, back when this wave was really starting. Pangos was for, was part of it. Yeah. Uh, he helped Canada win a bronze medal on a team that had Anthony Bennett, Andrew Wiggins, uh, s- some other NBA guys who played in the NBA. Uh, Roy Rana was a coach. He's in the NBA. He was the missing. He was the guy who should have been there. Everyone thought he would be there, and just to see him finally pull it off, he had to really overcome some obstacles in terms of injuries when he was in Europe, and he took a risk to be here too. And uh, so, when you see a guy just really determined to stick with it the way Kevin Kevin Pangos has, you know, it's fun to follow that up. Do you think he'll get the chance in Cleveland? It really is um, going to be one of those ones. He's just got to be patient. I'm pretty confident. I'd say very confident that when he gets a moment and he gets a chance to be on the floor on a regular basis, his quality will shine through. I talked to Nick Nurse about this. I've talked to uh, other players who played against him in Europe and and know him from Gonzaga days. He's an NBA player, but right now he's in a deep guard rotation with Cleveland, as we know, is off to a pretty good start. So you know, you're not necessarily going to break into it on those terms. But you never know. A trade, an injury, something, you know Kevin Pangos is going to stay ready. And I'm confident when he hits the floor and he gets his moment, he'll be able to shine.
1: All right, let's talk about the game between the Cavs and the Raptors. Toronto looking for their sixth straight win. Uh, Jesse and I were trying to figure out how this has happened. Jesse gave me some stats. Do you understand how the Raptors were able to go from (laughs) that season opening game against the Wiz to kind of cap a a 4-0 start on the road against the very same Wiz with another win? How does this come about, Mikey?
6: Well, hats off to Jesse. I mean, he hit all the right numbers. I had a chance to listen to that before it came on. And um, really, if you break down that box score when they lost that opener against the Wizards, the formula was there. I mean, they were plus 12 in offensive rebounds. They were I don't know how many in turnovers and shots, but it was all as – Justin pointed out, it was all leading to way more field goal attempts. And what's happened the last five games, you've had uh, Fred Van Vliet find his range from three. You've had OG Ananobi get on a tear from three. And just generally from the field, you've had some other guys find ways to chip in while maintaining that defensive intensity. And so all of a sudden, if you're in games where you're taking 10, 12, 15, sometimes 20 more, 23 more shots, I think, they took against the Knicks, and you make – 40% of those, you're going to win the game. I mean, it's just the way it works, and that's what's been happening. I think the key is, is when they started slowly, uh, they kept to the plan. They were able to – sometimes it's really hard to play that, and it'd be that energi- energized on defense when the ball's not falling. They were able to do it. The ball started falling, and I think they've got a formula that they can repeat. All right, so
1: Scotty Barnes, uh, as we've called him on this show, future Hall of Famer Scotty Barnes back in the lineup, uh, and a nice little <laughs> rookie matchup against the Cavs, isn't there?
6: It really is. And, and Evan Mobley is is a guy, I think, he's he's like the big man version of Scotty Barnes. He's not a guy who needs the ball all the time. He's not a guy who, uh, you know, is going to wow you by breaking guys down and, and taking it one on two and dunking. He's a guy who knows how to play basketball. His contributions are more than just putting it in the basket. And I think, uh, you know, a lot of people think that, because of the size factor this guy's like seven feet can move and handle it like he's a a two guard and defends like he's Hakeem Olajuwon come back to life Um, you know some people think that Evan Mobley might end up being the best player out of this draft I mean Scotty Barnes is going to have something to say about that but I think it's telling that the two guys in this draft who've had the biggest impacts are the ones whose games uh, require the ball the least allow them to fit in with other veteran experienced players the best and each in each case their team has benefited in the win column
1: so I I said yesterday that I thought that we needed to give Nick nurse his flowers again and he's already gotten his flowers he's an NBA coach of the year but the way he's been able to maneuver with guys in and out of the lineup no Siakam uh, the groat is gone without Scotty Barnes for the last two games and all of a sudden Svima high is is I mean the numbers that he put up in those two games you're thinking, where the hell did this come from? Is that the guy who takes a step back, or are we going to see a bigger rotation with Scotty back in the lineup?
6: It's going to be really interesting because the one thing Svi Mahalik did, and I agree, I think Nick Nurse does deserve a ton of credit for what's happened this early season, Uh, taking a guy like Svi Mahalik, who had kind of a rugged start, he wasn't great his first couple outings, and just sticking with him a little bit, showing him some confidence in terms of playing time and being rewarded for it. I think one thing that it's going to be fascinating is Svi brings... Uh, an off-ball floor stretcher to this lineup. So, in other words, you have O.G. Ananobi on one side. He's a three-point threat. Obviously, you've got to close out hard to him. If the ball swings, or good side-to-side. You have Svi on the other side, who's a three-point threat, and we, we know it can get to the rim or cut. And so that, that's one little thing that Scotty doesn't have in his game. Uh, teams can sag off him. What Scotty's done really well is take up that space, and we've seen him score in the mid, mid-range as a result. But it's going to be kind of interesting how – Nurse massages these lineups because I think you can't take Svi out of the lineup. He's got to be in the rotation prominently because of the way he's playing in terms of giving you that. This is a team that desperately needs shooting. He's giving you that, and he's. I think he's defending well enough to hold his spot, and uh, some of the other things he does offensively as well. So um, these are all good problems to have, but they're going to be problems. I mean, Pascal Siakam's not too far away. Udonis Abbey's not too far away, yeah. and uh, there are more good players than I think there is playing time available on this team.
1: So let me ask you this. We've got uh, less than a minute and a half remaining. Who's been the biggest surprise for you to start this season? Because there's been basically a team full of them.
6: Oh, with the Raptors? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to say Delano Banton. I mean, yeah. you know, I think Scotty's been better than I would have thought. I don't think I pegged feet Mihalik to be this effective this early. But Delano Banton was a guy, I mean, I spoke to him uh, on Media Day, and he had no illusions. He figured he was heading straight to Mississauga, right? And that's where he was going to get his reps. That's where he was going to get his minutes. And he's beaten out not only a really quality NBA veteran in Goran Dragic, but a pretty good second year NBA point guard in Malachi Flynn. And for him to hit the floor and be as good as he's been and the minutes and opportunities he's had no one predicted that and uh, i think it's a credit to him a credit to the raptors coaching staff the scouting staff and if he can keep it up it just makes as we talked about that uh, rotation that much tighter to crack uh, i
1: am hearing that uh, nick nurse's availability is going to start very soon michael so i'm going to let you go so <laughs> that you can go talk to nick nurse
6: appreciate it timmy enjoy your weekend man thank Be you good. brother
1: uh, enjoy the game tonight and we will talk very soon There's Michael Grange down at the Scotiabank Arena heading to the Nick Nurse presser after the break. Uh, We'll give away the Grand Slam of Curling Jacket to a lucky winner. You know this one, Jesse? Yeah. We put it on hashtag Tim Curls. You still got a couple seconds and a Friday Best of the Week next here on Tim and Friends. Hashtag Tim Curls. Welcome back to Tim and Friends. Drop 15 for the Boost National coming up at 6 Eastern four Mountain on East Ontario Pacific. Yes, because West is going to go to the Oilers game. It's all coming to you from Chestermere, Alberta. We will continue until 7 p.m. Eastern on Sportsnet. 360 and Sportsnet West. Got it good, and since you understood, we're giving away an event jacket signed by a lot of the athletes, Team Gushu, Team Holman. Uh, We just asked you to put the hashtag Tim Curls, and Jesse seems like we got some good feedback. Yeah, so we had a
2: random draw. I'm going to go through a couple of the honorable mentions before we award Uh, the winner. Uh, So Aaron says Tim Curls, best moment I've seen live at Team Gushu, winning the Briar at home. I've watched them compete in five provinces in the past eight years, but this was icing on the cake. Very cool. Uh, S. Merritt, Tim Curls, winning our high school division championship. To go off to provincials was definitely one of my favorite curling moments. Eliza at the Briar in Newfoundland with Team Gushu won. Best moment ever. That was uh, very cool.
1: Crazy crowd there. Chris,
2: uh, last time curling before the COVID shutdown, March 2020, two harbors, Waffle spiel champs. Oh,
1: what is that? Is that Hashtag waffles and Tim, drinks? You're is gonna have a, to enlighten me as yeah, to what that is. <laughs> that sounds yeah.
2: like fun. It does sound like fun. We <laughs> gotta get curling. I gotta get to curling. It's ridiculous. Okay. Uh drum roll. This <laughs> is our winner.
1: <laughs>
2: Cameron! Hey! Cameron! Uh, Tim curls from the 2017 Pinties Players Championship in Toronto and oh, nice. four selfies. Yeah, one there. Rachel Holman. Oh, nice. And we will be in touch with your jacket Cameron. congratulations pretty cool jacket to win
1: awesome. Well done Thanks. well done all right time now for the best of the week here's how it works we scour the internet looking for the absolute best of the week we show you the options you can head over to our twitter account at tim and friends to not only vote for your favorite but also see your favorite in case you missed it live on television we begin with Nominee number one. Some things just don't go your way no matter what you do just ask Swiss League goalie Robert Meyer and if that sound uh, that name sounds familiar it's because he's spent a handful of years with the Habs organization almost all in the AHL but you may now remember him for a pair of absolute howlers Howlers. in
4: the same game
3: doch die slapstick einlage des tages
4: mit form das gibt's doch einfach gar nicht schauen sie sich das an da kommen die lions zu einem gratis tor was war das die scheibe springt über die schaufel
5: von robert meyer der junge verteidiger
7: und das nächste
5: tor
4: even missed
5: the oh, stick, but he
4: Q- tried to kick it. <laughs> Look, <laughs>
3: right.
2: yeah, yeah. uh, no, this exact thing happened to me. It's exact <laughs> thing happened to me twice Sorry. in one game. Okay? The, the story apologize. the people. were i t- My dad told the story at the wedding. I'm pretty sure. I was playing for the Markham Islanders yeah. in North Toronto. I came out of my net on two separate occasions. I scored and I was playing really well in the game, but all my family, all my friends, all my extended family, yeah. all in the stands
1: to see this one game, yeah. blew it. Did you win?
2: No, I got pulled. No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to find the happy ending. <laughs> Never mind, sometimes things just don't go your way, like yeah. Jesse, Robert Meyer, sometimes oh. everything falls into place <laughs> like, like it did <laughs> in the Canadian Premier League this past weekend yeah. when four Jeff Sebastian Castello subbed on and watch how quickly everything worked out for him.
7: Man, here's the entire play. So he comes in off the bench. He goes, okay, where do I got to go? Where do I got to go? I got it. Head of steam into the box, half folly and a goal. You can't write it better than that. Immediate dividends, and yeah, go right through the flag, son. Eight seconds into his shift, and he scores. That is an impact sub, and the entire bench. Massive smiles on their face. It's Eight seconds in, it's insane.
2: he scores. Augmented with the 4K camera. Everyone's <laughs> using these yes. days. It looks so Big good. Big week
1: yeah. for Forge FC. They're also going to the CONCACAF Champions League. Let's go to nominee number three. It comes to us from the T20 Men's World Cup of Cricket, where England's Chris Wokes this is a pretty damn good catch uh, to dismiss Australian Steve Smith.
5: Oh, toe-end of the bat. It should be out.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, what a catch. Chris Wokes. Unbelievable. Chris Wokes. Wowee. Immaculate first over. Dave Warner a wicket and now this.
2: What do you think? You're laughing. Full extension. Because I
4: have
1: a new
2: nickname for Wokes. The Wokes Mob.
1: Uh, We showed our final nominee earlier in the week, but it's back because it's looking for a B.O. Dub uh, title. New British dating show called The Love Trap, where a group of women compete for one dude. Some of the women are already in a relationship, pretending to be single to win money. And when he drops one of the women, well, they really get dropped.
7: David, who do you think? It's a love trap.
4: Shurik. <laughs> <Sure. gasps>
1: the eyes. The silence. <laughs> in the eyes. It speaks volumes. <laughs> I think we should put that on the digital producer desk.
2: <laughs> next time I screw up, I'm going to just disappear. Yeah, next TV time TV. The,
1: <laughs> the tweet has uh, some <laughs> objectionable words on it, just go <laughs> gone. I know you're thing. thinking at home, don't worry, she just broke both of her legs. <laughs>
2: That's the conclusion we came to. By the way,
1: she him. was actually a love trap. She's in a six-year relationship and was trying to make mortgage money so she and her partner could move out of their parents' house.
2: So he got it right.
1: He did get it right.
2: And that's what happened to
1: her. And boom goes the dynamite. She broke both a- legs. Almost literally. She did not break both <laughs> legs. Please don't be an idiot. It's called sarcasm. I'm just it's joking. Very She's fine, otherwise the show wouldn't be on TV. <laughs> Head over to our Twitter account at Tim and Friends. Make your pick. If you missed any of the nominees, you can find them on our Twitter account as well. Retweet them so that we can go viral and make money. Please, I beg of you, we'll reveal the winner at the end of the show. All right, time for a break here on this edition of Tim & Friends. We're losing some of you. Draw 15 from the Boost National in Alberta is coming up on Sportsnet East Ontario and Pacific. As for us, we'll continue on Sportsnet West and 360 for another hour and we will take a spin around the rinks. Edmonton, Winnipeg, and Vancouver will also be joined by Kevin Lowe ahead of his big night in Edmonton. That's right, the number four will be going to the Raptors at Rogers Place. Tim and friends, including Kevin Lowe, back after this.
6: Now time for Real Sports Talk with Tim McAuliffe
4: and
1: friends of the show. Thank you very much. Dogs, back here. Hour number two, Sportsnet West and 360. Got it good. And since you understood, a great hour coming up with Nate Burleson on the way to talk about the NFL, plus a big night ahead for Kevin Lowe, whose number will be raised to the rafters in Edmonton tonight. You can see the special celebration on Sportsnet West Starting at 7.55 Eastern. You don't care about that because you live in Edmonton. It's (laughs) 5.55 local time. And Kevin Lowe will join us live in just minutes right here on the show. Get you caught up to date on the rest of the world. All right. Brady Kachuk has been named captain of the Ottawa Senators today. He becomes the 10th captain in franchise history. As many of us thought would happen when he was signing his seven-year deal just about a month ago, uh, or at least last month. Here's the 22-year-old.
7: It's definitely you know, pretty cool, especially seeing the guys you know, come before me. It's uh, you know, it's definitely a privilege, it's an honor, and um, you know, I'm definitely excited for this opportunity, but you know, I saying that there's plenty of guys in that locker room who are tremendous leaders as well, and so it's just not gonna be one person. It's, it's still gonna be that group leadership that we've had in the past, and, and it's gonna continue moving forward.
0: You know, Mr. Melnick um, and Pierre, And myself have talked um and mr malnick was here yesterday and and you know after meeting with brady um you know was confident that he was the guy that he wants um you know to lead his
1: organization and and myself and pierre uh, you know feel the same frank the tank captain of the Sens, love it as mentioned a big night in edmonton kevin lowe's retirement Uh, at least the jersey retirement Uh, I think he retired a couple years ago at least from playing Uh, that'll be followed by the Rangers hosting or the Oilers hosting the Rangers Edmonton 8-1 on the season with the offense and especially the power play firing on all cylinders with more ahead of tonight's game Uh, let's get it away from me and get it to a pro Gene Principe in Edmonton Gino take it away
4: Tim, there's a lot happening at Rogers Place prior to the game and then the actual game between Edmonton and the New York Rangers. Well, the Edmonton Oilers are off to a historical start for this franchise or potentially if they are victorious tonight, they'll improve to 9-1. and That'll be the best 10-game start in the history of the Edmonton Oilers. Well, a big reason for that is their goal scoring. And if I'm going to discuss putting up Goals, then I'll have to likely mention Leon Drysaddle and Connor McDavid. What a one-two punch they have been and continue to be. They flip-flop back and forth between number one and two in scoring in the NHL. Currently, it is Leon that's number one, and he's got this huge lead on Connor. Uh, one point. Uh, both of those young men are hoping to add to their totals and add to the Oilers' win totals tonight if they can be successful on home ice, Tim against the Rangers
1: that would be the best start in franchise history unbelievable when you think about that franchise thank you Gino for bringing some professionalism to this broadcast again Kevin Lowe coming up from Edmonton in mere moments from now meanwhile Patrick Laine will be out four to six weeks with an oblique strain suffered on Wednesday Laine has three goals and ten points in nine games with the Jackets this season And we'll miss the Jackets game against the Jets in a couple of weeks because of the injury. Tonight the Jets host Chicago with more on that. Let's send it to Sean Reynolds in Winnipeg. Sean.
3: Tim, a battle here in Winnipeg tonight between two teams that did a lot to address their perceived weaknesses in the offseason, but those plans have gone very differently. For the Chicago Blackhawks, they get Seth Jones to shore up their defense. Instead, they've allowed more goals than any other team in the league. They get the Vesna Trophy winning goaltender, and now Marc-Andre Fleury sits 47th in the league in goals against average, 60th in save percentage. It all adds up to just one win in their first 11 games. On the other side of the ice, things working out for the jets they wanted to shore up their defense and add offense from the point Well, right now defensemen sitting fourth and fifth in team scoring for the jets their top three in scoring is spread out nicely over the top two lines and none of those names are Blake Wheeler or Mark Shifley who currently are playing on the Jets third line allowing a balanced attack this team has never really had before. Add to that a top three power play in the NHL it's clear to see why the Jets are pushing for first place in the central trying to beat Chicago here tonight to keep pace with the St. Louis Blues. The way these two teams are trending right now it would be hard to see Chicago leaving this building with a victory tonight. Tim.
1: All right, Sean, I got it. Another Canadian team in action tonight, or the last Canadian team in action tonight, the Canucks hosting the Predators. You can see it regionally on Sportsnet Pacific at 7 o'clock, local 10 Eastern. With more on that game, how about Dan Murphy in Van City? Danny Boy.
3: Tim, hello from Vancouver, where tonight the Canucks will attempt to make it two consecutive wins on home ice. Now, it took them four tries, but they finally picked up their first home win of the season on Tuesday. And it didn't look good after two, as they were down two to the Rangers. But then early in the third, Connor Garland giving the crowd a reason to cheer. Set up JT Miller. Four minutes later, set up Vasily Podkolzin. And Miller would ultimately win the game for Vancouver in overtime. Now, it's clear that Travis Green thinks that Garland can be a Mr. Fix-It for his club right now. He has moved him to the top line to play with Miller and Pedersen, presumably to get Pedersen going. He's also moved him to the top power play unit. And it's going to be a fun night at Rogers Arena. Canucks celebrating Diwali, the South Asian Festival of Lights.
1: Tim. Tim. Without a doubt, Danny To all uh, my friends and neighbors uh, celebrating Diwali at this point in time, we want to wish you an absolutely happy Diwali. Uh, there were some fireworks in the neighborhood. I don't know if you heard them in your neighborhood yesterday, but uh, to all those celebrating, honestly, a great Diwali. Jesse, uh, this Canucks team, very interesting. Uh, I've been bigging them up the entire year thinking that they are better than their record suggests. Uh, it's time for them to prove it. No question. Yeah. And before
2: we get to the conversation about the Canucks, I want to pull up those jerseys because they were sick for uh, what they're going to wear and warm up for Diwali night at Rogers Arena on Friday. Oh, nice. Those are unbelievable jerseys. Very nice design. Um, yes. I mean, we want the Canucks to figure it out here. Like they, They're starting to come around a little bit. And that's impressive. And they're gonna look so good in those jerseys. I can't. I can't <laughs> yeah. focus my train of thought right now because I like the jerseys. And I have breaking news for you all.
1: Do, do you have? Uh, I have breaking news also. I would. Good. I would rock that. Uh, that jersey in men's league for sure. Like 100%. I don't know how many yellow jersey teams there are out there, but if they put that on their website, I think it'll go. Obviously. Yeah.
2: Uh, okay. I have breaking news. Okay. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. After days of negotiations, the Browns and OBJ finally reached a settlement that result in him being placed on waivers. On Monday after which he can be claimed Tuesday at 4 p.m. Per league sources that is happening
1: right now So we kind of anticipated that this was going to happen when we saw but the divorce is officially official so it's Tuesday Yeah, so he's not obviously going to be picked up by any team
2: prior to Sunday or anything like that. This right. is just kinda ironing out the window of which uh
1: he's And it goes go through the waiver team. process and he has a little bit of a say on where he'll report and where he won't report. So there's plenty of negotiations to still
2: take it's place. It's the most fun game in the world when you have a, a player of this magnitude and your imagination can just open up. And you can think like, Is he
1: still that go? guy, though? Like, I know we did this with Antonio Brown, and it worked out. Like, it worked out for player and team in Tampa. Um, but do, is Odell Beckham still that guy in your mind? Because he hasn't been that guy very often
2: in the last little while. In my mind, he's not, because the numbers would suggest that he's not. He hasn't had over 1,100 yards since 2016, I believe is what it is. So there's no question that he's not. And it's also up to him. Because everywhere he has gone, he has become a distraction. Mm -hmm. That's the reality of the situation now. He's been in New York, he was a distraction. Cleveland, he now ended as a major distraction for this team. So my mind, I I always go to, in these situations, we talked a little bit about it yesterday, he needs to go to a situation where they've ironed out discipline. Mm -hmm. And you know that you can't mess around. And the one team that speaks to me about that is the New England Patriots. And they need... A, an offensive threat, yeah. and if there's any coach that's going to sort of rein Odell Beckham in a little bit, it's going to be Bel- Bill Belichick. So while my pipe dream, as we discussed earlier, is the Kansas City Chiefs because they need another weapon, yeah. the Patriots I think would work out really well for him too.
1: Yeah, if if he buys in,
2: if he buys, yeah, man, that that's that's the question. It's but, you're, big, but, it, but you're, but you're taking that's a big part of it. That's a small risk here, right? Because the Browns are working out his contract in a different way so that. It's not going to be as expensive as the otherwise. You're trying
1: to set a new culture, and they're pretty damn close to turning the corner. We'll have our NFL books coming up in mere moments. I want to get back to hockey, though. Of course, we're going to talk to Kevin Lowe in mere moments from now. And yesterday, I rifled through some of the numbers uh, that the Edmonton Oilers are putting up. Their power play is clicking at, oh, I don't know, 46.4%. There are a lot of ridiculous numbers that harken us back to a different era. In Edmonton and we're going to go to that era right now I mentioned the big night in Edmonton and while the shadow cast by the glory boys in the 80s is quite extensive Gretzky Curry coffee Messier they did need someone to hang back and help out Grant Fuhrer or Billy Ranford more often than not it was our next guest His number four will become the eighth in franchise history that goes to the Raptors tonight in Rogers Place the first ever draft pick in Oilers history scored their first ever goal. Ladies and gentlemen, help me welcome Kevin Lowe to the show. Kevin, thanks for doing this on a special night. Hey, my pleasure. It's,
7: it's an honor to be on your show.
1: Uh, it's an honor to have you on the show, and I appreciate you lying to me when you say it's an honor to be on the show. Um, listen, I, I know there was a gala last night, a plaque today. Is it is it kind of sinking in soon that you'll look up in that arena that you've been in a bunch and see the number four beside 11 and 99 and 17 and the rest?
7: Yeah, it's uh, it's surreal, really. Um, you know, uh We we had such great times together, great memories. Uh, uh, I you know I see those guys up there of being certainly in another elite category. Don't necessarily see myself in that category. However, uh, we did win a lot, and uh, I know uh, the the most exciting thing for me is that those guys are excited as excited for me as I am. So um, yeah, it's. Uh, I, I can't wait for uh, actually I can't wait for tonight to be over. to be quite honest <laughs> so I can just go out and have a couple of beers
1: <laughs> uh, Don't we all? Listen, uh, especially on a Friday, uh, as a guy who stayed in the game that you, that you love uh, for as long as you have, I'm sure a couple people popped into your mind when they told you that this was going to happen Like, who are the first couple of folks that came to mind when you found out that your, your four would go to the rafters
7: Oh, you know, well my mother is the first person that came to mind. She was my biggest fan. My dad passed away when I was 13. You know, she wasn't those cr- one of those crazy hockey moms, but uh, just very supportive. We spent a lot of time together. Um, you know, and I, I think one of the first calls I got was from Wayne Gretzky, which is so typical of him. And and he was, you know, clearly over the moon about it. Uh, uh, and again, uh, you know, all those guys went to bat for me, I understand, uh, in this last go-around in terms of trying to lobby as much as possible, and, uh, you know, humbling to hear that, and I don't necessarily, I don't love the attention. I said last night at the gal, I said it's, uh, it's a little bit painful, but it's, it's also beautiful at the same time. So um, yeah, yeah, just really pleased about everything.
1: That's awesome, uh, especially when your teammates uh, help get it done for you. And Edmonton has become a home for you, like since they made you, you the first ever draft pick in franchise history uh, back a couple seasons ago. I'm guessing you're going to have a few folks in attendance tonight. Like, I, I don't want you to give away any of the uh, any of the particulars, but have you already started to see some of the people that uh, that'll be in attendance tonight?
7: Yeah, well so last night alone we had 45 alumni at our gala. It was a fundraiser for some local charities. and uh, yeah I know messes have round of we, we, you know we're so close. I'm actually close with all those guys, but particularly mess uh, from the guys that don't live here. Um, uh, Yari Curry came in as a ticking in uh, probably from the furthest away. so uh, you know with COVID and what's gone on in the world the last couple of years, it's just nice to see people again. But uh, particularly special to have them uh, make the effort to get here tonight.
1: Without a doubt. You know, yesterday I was rolling through some of the numbers uh, that this team is putting up. And the phrase like first time since 86 or first time since Mario Lemieux or first time since the 70s Habs kept coming up. There's some juice back in that building right now. And it's kind of mind-blowing for a guy like me who sat and watched... Uh, with my dad those teams on Saturday nights that I'm talking about here you were on those teams do do you see comparisons from the teams that you were on to the team that's on the ice now
7: well you you know you always hate to make comparisons however um, there is some juice in the building no doubt Uh, it's fun to watch the fans are jacked to come to the building and uh, I mean when they get on the power play it's just absolutely lethal but you know, Kenny Holland and his staff did a great job in really adding some, some key players, uh, some smart, you know, intelligent, good players that, you know, when you, got, when you start with uh, Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl, I mean, that's, that's a pretty amazing start. Everybody's known that. But the team looks good. It's early and we're not going to get too cocky, or at least I'm not. But, uh, but as you said, you know, the fact that if they win tonight, it'll be the best start in franchise history. And uh, you know some of the numbers that they're you know that they're putting out right now, you know I don't see any reason why they can't continue at that level. So lots for hockey fans to look forward to, especially Oiler fans.
1: Yeah, I mentioned it earlier, but for the kids out there, like Gretzky, Curry, Messier, Coffee. I didn't even mention like Glenn Anderson. He scored 500 or almost 500 in the show. Like. You guys never finish close to the clip that the power play is clicking at right now. Like, what's your? Re- I know it's nine games, but forty-six percent on the power play a year yeah, after yeah. leading the league through fifty-seven games. Like, just watching it as a fan. Like, what's your reaction to that?
7: Well, I I, I look at it as an opposing defenseman and trying to defend it, or what yeah. would be the tactic to try to stop it. But the fact is. I mean, they're all such great passers, they're all very disciplined right now. Uh, they have so many different outs uh, that you can't really force them. Uh, if you do force them and you don't get the puck, of course, uh, you're going to leave someone really talented wide open for a, for a clear shot. So at the end of the day, uh, can they keep it th- up at this pace? Unlikely, because historically it's really never happened. Um, but uh, it, you know, the way they're going right now, they're going to have a very high percentage. It's going to tra- take you know a goalie to make a couple really unbelievable saves. They're going to get they're going to get three at the minimum three good looks on, on their patience, moving the puck around, and so the goalie's got to make the save. And then the, you've got to have great penalty killers that uh, you know are more disciplined. I would be I would be um, l- you know more likely to try to be aggressive because I remember when Wayne Gretzky went to L.A. And uh, we tried to sit back out on the power play and we had more, you know, we were more effective when we pressured them. You're going to give up some, but you just can't let those, you know, great players have all that time because they're going to find a seam and they're going to find a good look.
1: Hey, listen, no no matter what happens tonight, it will be a great night for fans and for you. Uh, Well deserved. And thank you very much for coming on, Tim and Friends.
7: Anytime. Thank you. Appreciate uh, there, it.
1: there is Kevin Lowe in Edmonton. A reminder, 5.55 local start time on this, 7.55 Eastern on Sportsnet West. It should be a fun night as the four goes to the rafters. All right, time for a quick break. But when we come back, Nate Burleson will join us, Jesse and I, last call. There's still lots to come. Please stick around. It is our livelihood. Welcome back to Tim and Friends. Again, coming up later tonight on Sportsnet 1, Toronto Raptors, Cleveland Cavaliers. Raptors looking for their sixth straight win. And you can see Basketball Central beginning at 7 p.m. Eastern time. You mentioned to me during the commercial break, oftentimes this is how we do the show. Hey, we got some open time here. What do you want to talk about? Jesse said I got something on Siakam. Yeah, so um, Nick Nurse met with the media earlier
2: today. And this is the quote I'm getting from Eric Smith. Twitter account. Uh, He's getting closer every day with regards to Siakam. He has hit all the check marks of where he's supposed to be, maybe even ahead. And he adds that we could see Siakam next week, probably after the Raptors' two-day break. So Eric adds, uh, possibly back in time for the Boston game. So I went to their schedule, and the Boston game would be on Wednesday. And if he doesn't play there, then it would be, uh, hopefully, the, the Sixers on Thursday the second half of a back-to-back.
1: Yeah, you would think, though, that if you're coming back from surgery that you would probably come back in the second half of back-to-backs. Like, you wouldn't return to the lineup in... Unless yeah. they were
2: going to hold him out the second half of that back-to-back. Oh, right. Now, that could happen, too. They're going to ease him in
1: minutes restriction regardless, you would think. so. Yeah, Or they could just say, listen, he's healthy. That's why he's playing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is relevant, too. Yeah. Very um, relevant, too. But it's interesting now that Raptor fans are in this spot where... You're talking about who gets the minutes. And who would have thought that with Pascal Siakam out of the line, when I sat down with Nick Nurse, Media Day, Mm -hmm. we talked about who's going to score on this team. And now, at 6-3 going into tonight's game against the Cavs, you're wondering, and I'm not faulting you for wondering, where the minutes are going to go because a guy like Sfima Hilek comes off the bench in place of Scottie Barnes and shoots 50%, averages 15 points per game, shooting 50% from beyond in the time that he got. There's a lot of guys on this team that I didn't expect what you were going I didn't expect to get what they have already gotten. It's a good thing though, right? Cuz that's up
2: to who we said yesterday could be the best coach in the NBA. That's up to Nick Nurse to figure out what the best rotation is for his team. Mm-hmm. And so far to this point, He's done a a marvelous job with that, with having Siakam out and then Scotty Barnes out for a little bit of time here. Svee's going to come off the bench tonight, like you mentioned, with Scotty drawing back into the lineup. But this is a good thing. This means that the Raptors roster is deeper than the fan base thought, deeper than anybody thought. And they can trot out anybody. And it's on Nick Nurse to figure out which works the best.
1: You said a couple times it's a good thing. Could
2: it be a bad thing? Well, remember a couple (laughs) days ago I said um, maybe pump the brakes a little bit when Siakam comes back because it's going to take a little bit of time to figure things out. And I do believe that's going to be true. On offense, they've sort of figured out a rotation as of right now. They've figured out how to play with, with certain guys. that didn't guys. come quickly. It didn't come quickly. And no. it's, go- it's going to be an adjustment period. There, go- there is a, uh, it is possible that it doesn't work as well. And then you're going to have to reevaluate. You're going to have to move things around. But it's still a good thing in my opinion.
1: I just don't know that when Pascal comes back, if there are a couple of early hiccups, how the fan base will react. I'm worried about how the fan base will react. But you want more good players on the team. I wonder if, you know, we'll start hearing those Pascal should be traded whispers again. And I don't know that that's the conclusion that the Raptors want. All right, time for a quick break. When we come back, Nate Burleson drops by for his Friday visit. We'll discuss Aaron Rodgers, who went off today, plus Odell out in Cleveland, and Patrick Mahone's struggles. Oh, and by the way, we may go back in the day with not only Nate, but me. We'll explain (laughs) next here on Tim and Fred. Week number nine, the NFL underway is the future Hall of Famer, Mike White. We'll have to wait to pad that resume because... Well, because the Jets can't have nice things. Many in Cleveland feel the same way about the Browns. Why can't the Browns have nice things? On Monday, Jack Trotter, who covers the team for ESPN, said, and I quote, Cleveland's season, which began with so much promise off of last year's playoff run, is already teetering on the verge of calamity. Calamity, I say. Well, Ad Odell is officially out on his birthday no less my goodness time to bring in the friend our dude Nate Burleson and it's not often that folks bring out the word calamity Nate what is going on with the Browns as they head into this huge game with the Bengals
0: I think the last time I heard the word calamity (laughs) it it was funny describing his relationship with Elmer Fudd but um, you know I I I, I feel like the Browns are turning point in their season Um, you know the Odell experiment it's over it's almost like it never was you know for Odell to be the most targeted receiver on the team yet he lacked the production um, the playmaking that we were used to it just seems as if um, the writing was on the wall to be honest I'm glad that it's over and I'm glad that he's released now he gets a fresh start somewhere and we finally get to answer to the question you know is Odell as good as he once was my personal opinion as a friend of his and as a fan of his I feel like he still has some juice left in the tank. I'm not mad at his father for putting a comment under that video that showed Odell being open because you know what there were quite a lot of games where Odell had separation by two to three yards and Baker just couldn't give him the ball. Um, If you want to take that as an indictment on Baker Mayfield. I'll let you be the judge Uh, but for me I just feel like an explosive wide receiver like Odell and you can't get him the ball consistently that's on the offense and the quarterback now with that said now it's up to Odell wherever he lands this is going to be his last chance to prove he's an elite wide receiver so we shall see Um, as far as where the Browns are this division is tough. I still like where the Cincinnati Bengals are. I still am a big fan of what they can bring to the table on a weekly basis. Lamar Jackson is is coming off of a bye, and I guarantee that he's going to pick up where he left off, if not better. Uh, so I, the Browns are going to have to figure it out, because right now, as far as power rankings, at this point in the season, regardless of the record, regardless of how they played in the division or across the league, I just feel like it's Bengals, then Ravens, then Steelers mm. after that. We'll see where the Browns land.
1: All right, let me get back to Odell for a flash because we've talked about him before. And yesterday, I was very critical of Odell Beckham Jr. And I'm with you. Like, I don't know what Baker Mayfield is. Uh, I just think that this team was better when they established or when they figured out they were a run first team, they were better. And I thought this was the wrong time for Odell to speak. So I know you know him pretty well. Is he misunderstood? Does he need to mature? Is it a little bit of both? Because obviously, I mean, we saw it in his rookie season with the Giants. Like It was was jaw-dropping. And he just hasn't got there.
0: For those that want to say, well, what's important to you, Odell? You, how could you um, come out right now and be upset with your lack of production when you're, you're the most targeted? And don't you take any of the blame? You know what, Odell? If your team is winning and you're a run-based offense, who are you to come out and say that you need to be uh, more more targeted or you need to be more involved in each game? I understand that. And, you know, being realistic on the other side of the fence instead of just being a friend and a fan of Odell, I get that. But what I'd say to that is if you can see Odell – And you can appreciate Odell. Think about what he has done over the last couple years. I'm not talking about on the field. I'm talking about from the perspective of a guy who wants to rock. Odell hasn't been um, a bad teammate. He hasn't been vocal. Like, Odell rarely – think about his stint in Cleveland. He has rarely opened his mouth. He's rarely talked about these – these moments where he felt like he could have done more and the team hasn't done right by him. So I think I think it just listen we're in a new generation. I hate to say it like this. We are in a new generation of athletes where you can be vocal enough to get your way. Now some, tradi- some traditionalists might say Nate that's not how it is. That's not how I was raised. You know what that's not how I was in 03 when I came in the game and I know guys in the 90s the 80s and 70s will say the same thing but over the last couple of years. You look at uh, uh, Jamar, uh, Jamar Adams. He, he went from the Jets to the Seahawks. You look at Mickey Fitzpatrick, he went from the Steelers to, I mean, he went from the, the Miami Dolphins to the yeah. So you have these guys that are very vocal about their disappointment where they are, and it seems like they can force the hand of the organization. So um, I, I, if you would ask me this question five years ago, I would look at the player and say, get over it. You're being selfish. But now in 2021, it seems like this is a little bit of a trend. And if you're good enough to get your way, then why not?
1: All right, speaking of, uh, we did OBJ. What about A.A. Ron? Like Aaron Rodgers, uh, hold out, upset at the team, get the bag, then lie about your vaccination status, cost your team at least one start. What do you make of the Rodgers situation as the Packers head to Casey without him?
0: So he, he holds out. He almost holds the team hostage, gets the bag, fakes as if he gets the jab, and then misleads not only the team but the league. There's a little bit of frustration. I'm not going to sit here and and take these direct shots at Aaron Rodgers. Like, he's just a bad guy. I don't feel like Aaron Rodgers is a bad guy. I met him on a couple of occasions. I feel like he's a great dude. Uh, but in this situation, yeah, he is a liar, and he misled – the organization, uh, And what's even worse is when you think about the protocols and how unvaccinated players um, are supposed to handle um, being unvaccinated around their team when they're on the road um, and when they're in front of the media, it almost seems like he's getting preferential treatment from the Green Bay Packers. Um, now, I don't have enough information almost. and on that. Yeah. yeah, but it looks like that, right? Yeah. When, you, when you're yeah. talking in front of the media and he doesn't have a mask on, um, and, and then there's pictures of him hanging out and partying at Halloween parties without a mask. He, he's getting the, the, the special treatment. So in, in, a, in, a, in a day and age where we have selective outrage, right, whether it's <laughs> yes. everybody attacking Kyrie Irving saying, this dude is a bag, guy. But, but Kyrie was honest. And when he was around his team, he wore a mask. When people were taking shots at Cole Beasley, he said, Cole, you're an idiot. What are you talking about? Cole was honest. And, and, and he, he went through the protocols of what an unvaccinated player needs to do. So if you just take those two guys and then you compare it to what Aaron Rodgers has done, not only has he put the season at risk because he was playing well and the team was looking good, but he was literally putting guys at risk and people within that organization at risk and the media. And then now that there's some sort of outbreak that could be coming out of Green Bay, I'm not blaming somebody because you never know where this outbreak is Right. coming from. Aaron Rodgers being a leader. I expected more and it is okay to be honest and say I am disappointed in Aaron Rodgers.
1: So so let me ask you this because you've out of the two of us are the only one that's been in a locker room before. If, if a guy gets yeah. paid like that. Like I mean it was a $58 million signing bonus that he got. 98 million guaranteed. And then you see, like, you know already there's preferential treatment for a quarterback who's making that money. That's just facts. Uh, you, you understand that. But if you see the preferential treatment, and that's where I thought there may be, like, how does that go down in a locker room? Are guys that are unvaccinated in that locker room who have been going through protocols that are different than him pissed?
0: Damn right. yeah Damn right, the best. Um, I remember something that Mike Tice said. He was the head coach for the Minnesota Vikings when I was drafted. Shout out to Mike Tice, always honest with us. He said, um, I will always treat you guys with respect, I will treat you fairly. He said, I won't play favorites, um, but I will treat you the same. And I never forgot that. It was a very simple statement. It was right when he addressed the team. Um, And he said, uh, you know, when it comes to favorites, I'm not going to play favorites like Randy Moss is the best player on the team. Dante Culpepper is an absolute superstar. We got rock stars on defense. Those guys are the best players, but I'm not going to treat them like favorites. I have always respected him for that. Uh, In this situation, it doesn't seem like that. Now, if it's the organization that knew and players are sitting back, you can't really blame Aaron Rodgers. Because I'm sitting in that locker room like, well, if I'm the organization and I'm looking at Aaron Rodgers versus other guys that might be unvaccinated that don't have an impact on our our weekly schedule or the games on Sunday, then, of course, Aaron Rodgers taking a break. And stepping back in the building, you're getting them right before the season starts. Do you honestly believe that they're going to go up to Aaron Rodgers and be like, hey, bro, listen, I know you're unvaccinated, but you got to follow every single protocol. you got to wear a mask everywhere. You can't eat with your guys at lunchtime. And when it comes to lifting, you have to do it separately. You have to be in a different meeting room than your coaches and your No, Aaron Rodgers will probably be like, you know what? I'm about to go back on vacation then. So um, this, I, th- I think this is a combination of uh, a player who misled, everybody Aaron Rodgers and then a team that wanted to give him his way which as we know this offseason was an example of Aaron Rodgers getting his way. Uh,
1: we'll see if there's more to come in this story and I wouldn't be surprised if there isn't more to come in this story. All right before we let you go Nate uh, I was surfing before the show and uh, a uh, an account on Twitter popped up called this day in sports clips and it went to November 4th 2007. Nate you already know what's going on here Nate Burleson back to receive the punt on Fox Sports the NFL on Fox and Nate Burleson takes in the punt at his own six yard line that is hazardous Uh uh-oh diving and dipping and giving punks (laughs) a ripping what is this Nate Burleson
0: and listen, I, I I caught that ball in the six, and I looked down to look at the ball, and I saw where my foot was at. And in my mind, I thought, Oh bleep! If I don't get out of this, Mike Holmgren is gonna chew my head off. So I make one move, I make another move, and it's like I'm on the slope. So I'm just going right to left, right to left. And by the third time I made a move, it's like it's like the the red sea opened up, and it was like
1: oh. whoop whoop,
0: and it was like whoop. whoop.
1: And that aside, was like I was like five.
0: Hey, that's a fact. That's a, your boy <laughs> Slick. Um, as uh, Walter Jones, our offensive lineman for the Seahawks, would say, he was like, "Man, you run like a dude with no hips because you're so <laughs> slick in between those spots." And as you can see, I don't really have any hips. Um, I'm all leg. <laughs> uh, so, but but for, I remember getting in the end zone and I I fake like I had the powder and I uh, that looked a little shaky on camera, but I, I put the powder in my hand mm-hmm. and then I Lebron. And, uh, and the crowd was like, bro, I'll see you suck. But it felt so good. It felt so good to be the <laughs> villain. Uh, so, yeah, that was one of them. Here's a the funny story. I'll add this. I know we have to go. I get to the sideline, and Mike Holmgren, uh, he comes over, and he's like, I'm doing the old, hey, mom, what's up? I love you all. Oh, I'm out here. You boys are beasts. I told you when we come back home, we partying. And he's like, hey. <laughs> like I'm like, what's up, coach? And he's like. You know I hate it when you catch the ball inside the ten-yard line, but shh, good job. And I was like, <laughs> what kind of backhanded compliment <laughs> is that? I was like, uh, thanks, coach. So, uh, so yeah, that was uh, that was a, one of my best returns, man, because I didn't think I was gonna get out of that.
1: Uh, around the same date, 1994. Uh, since we're showing your highlights, uh, this is Senator okay. O'Connor, Shamanad. It's almost the same level. It's out. You can see it's taped off of my VCR. Onto the, I still have a VCR. Onto the TV. uh, On the end around. Here's Uncle Timmy, number two, and I'm coming off a torn ACL and I'm vexed. And I take it out on this poor DB. uh, And and you can tell Nate, this is the only touchdown I scored that year. (laughs) Did I see you just dip that shoulder? There was a little hop step. Like look, there's a VCR. Okay. Because okay, it's not okay. on Fox, it's yeah, not on anywhere. Not on my... It's my brother All with right. his camera. Yeah. Okay. And here we go. The
0: Gets the ball. Yeah. Kind
1: Yeah. Deuce. Yeah. Before Charles. Okay. Before Charles too, as and well. Wh- yeah.
0: Why you? Why you? Why you? Why you do him
1: like that?
4: Why you, <laughs> Why you? Why you? Why you?
1: Because <laughs> it was my only touchdown that year, and I was mad. Like I was really <laughs> upset, and it was a late. It was a late season game too. It's November. I know
0: that when you're upset and you're like you're about to take the front of this <laughs> I know that feeling
1: that's exactly what it was uh, listen not quite the same not quite as long uh, not quite the same level not quite the same ne- never mind Nate Burleson, we- respect. <laughs> I'll give it I'll give it to you <laughs> uh, appreciate it my dude be well and good luck in your high school game with the little ones tonight. All right,
0: brother. Have a good
1: one. Uh, there is Coach Nate Burleson right here on Tim and Friends. So good. I hope his sons are better than I am. They're playing tonight. No, I I don't I disagree with you. I I, I saw that
2: highlight. I got I saw excited. You
1: run the I dude. got excited. I dropped the poppy in the middle of all that. That's okay. uh, that happens. <sighs> um, Al Bundy. I might as well just right here. Do you get the pocai. adrenaline like
2: watching yourself back like that? You got it. I, I found the a VCR
1: now? like I don't know a year ago, yeah. sitting in the building, and I asked the person where we I was sitting, like, can I take that? And they're like, yeah, what the hell do you want to see a VCR for? I'm like, to watch game tape? That's amazing. Because <laughs> I can't watch a game ta- I had friends over We're watching like, old Adam Hockey videos on VHS. I don't even know what they
2: call it anymore. Like Game film, I like guess, it, like but it. like it's not even game film anymore.
1: Look at little Brian McLaughlin scoring Whoa. goals left, right, and center here. Uh, okay. So that's exactly what we did. Alright, let's get back to the NFL, yeah, and there it. are Folks that are wondering what our picks this week. Mickey's out of the way. He went one and one. Wasn't terrible. I oh, respect. I was 0-2. Yeah. He went one and one. Still struggling a wee bit. But <laughs> you and I, combined winning percentage, pretty damn nice right now. I will let you take the lead with your seven and three record on the season. Okay, so I missed last week. Uh, we got two this week. I'm going
2: first off, Chargers are in Philly taking on the Eagles. And look, I, I, I know the Eagles won big last week. I still don't think they're that good. Jalen Hurts is a really good fantasy quarterback. I'm not sold on him as a real-life quarterback at this juncture. So I'm going Chargers to bounce back here, minus 1.5 points. Then I'm looking at the Rams at home, minus 7.5. Obviously, Titans lost 8 arguably the most valuable player to one team yeah. in the league and Derrick Henry AJ Brown who's their second best player now questionable with a knee injury. I like the Rams to win big against the Titans. It's going to be tough for the Titans to overcome those injuries. Yeah, the
1: Titans don't have a good pass defense either. That's dangerous Cooper Cup coming to town. All right. I like those picks. I am going with the Pats this is my first pick a lot of favorites this year. Jesse took two favorites. I'm taking the Patriots because I think they've turned the corner. Listen we don't know if Sam Darnold's going to play if he doesn't. I feel like this is an even better pick if he does I still like the Patriots I really think Bill Belichick may have turned the corner with Mac Jones at quarterback so I'm taking the pats and listen the Dolphins shouldn't be favored against anyone (laughs) by five and a half points give me Tyrod Taylor back into the lineup for the Texans he looked really good early in the lineup Basically, I'm saying that you should not have the Dolphins as five-and-a-half-five five favorites over anyone. Yeah. So add a little excitement to a terrible game between one and seven Let's teams. Let's do it. Let's By go 4-0 this week, okay? The Texans. Uh, I hope so. All right, yes. time for one last break. We will get to the best of the week. Winner last call. Wrap it up with Jesse Rubinoff, Tim McCallum, and you. It's Tim and friends. All of us. Together. Last call next final segment of the week here on Tim and Friends. You've been voting for the best of the week winner, at least we hope you have. At Tim and Friends on Twitter, we have the results, and it looks like the love trap is winning 41.2%. Walking away with it. For those who haven't seen it, it's a game show that probably won't last.
4: David, who do you think
7: is a love trap?
1: Lighting from the love trap.
4: Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I guess
1: nobody knew that was going to happen.
2: <laughs> I'm just inspecting around my area, and I can see it happening already.
1: Well, they did disguise it with some sort of carpet. Yeah. But it just
2: it makes too much sense.
1: <laughs> it closes over her it head. It just
2: makes too much sense. I can see it right now just a circle around me, and just every time something goes wrong. They have
1: to be wonderful actors. Yes. There's no way that you could do that without telling someone that's going to happen. I, they probably signed a waiver.
2: And I don't know what the waiver said. Maybe it said it, maybe it didn't. You can even, like, what could you put there that maybe wouldn't hurt that, you? Maybe I do not No. Who knows how far she
1: fell? Like a ball pit? She she realistically might have fallen three feet. No, it would have to be the entire length of her body. (laughs) A foam pit? Oh, like the gymnastics with the uh, The big squares? Yeah? Yeah? A foam? Still. Should we apply? I would love to, be. I just take the ride for the show. I married, so I don't know don't if I'm go on it. I'm not sure I can crack it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I need to wear, I need to be a little bit more buff and wear shirts a little lower. Right. Yeah. yeah uh,
2: okay. More makeup too, like Cicero like really does. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's go to the Atlanta Braves, who held their championship parade Maybe. today in Atlanta. Uh, the team toured the city in double-decker buses and finished with a rally at Truist Park. Uh, there were some cool moments, like Charlie Morton coming out on crutches. Oh, nice. Which is rather cool. And Hank Aaron's widow, Billy, addressing the crowd. And uh, Alex Anthopoulos, the first Canadian general manager to win the World Series, was able to take part despite testing positive for COVID-19
1: last weekend.
7: Four years ago, when I
2: got
6: to Atlanta, we had a long journey. We went from Toronto to California to Atlanta. And I got up in in this suite and I looked out at this amazing ballpark and these incredible fans. And I, I stared out to the right, all those flags. And I thought to myself, man, I'd love to have a nice red one. And now finally, we got one.
0: Flags fly forever.
2: Is so that the most animated you've seen Alex Anthopoulos? Probably since when the Jays
1: clinched in Baltimore, right? Well, but I feel like he's been se- like he's been secluded from everyone right. for the entire time. Right. He had his own car. Of course, he's going to be <laughs> animated. He's allowed to talk to people again.
2: <laughs> revered in Toronto and now revered in Atlanta for bringing. Like we the were answers. one of the few
1: people that he talked to during yeah. that entire time. Which is which is
2: awesome. While in quarantine. Uh, okay, so we always look for. Funny moments from these parades. So I have two nominees, and you mean people drunk? Pick the winner. Yes. Okay. Um, The first is Jock Pearson, who uh, we've come to learn has a gift of gab, I guess you could call it. Let's hear it.
0: What up, (laughs) Alina? Stay humble.
7: Hey, guess what? We are those motherfuckers.
1: Yeah. All All right, that's, that's nominee number one. By the way, the reaction from like the different reactions from his teammates, very understated in that nominee. Yes. Uh, some very excited that he said that and some were like, what is he doing? Keep a PG job. <laughs> uh, okay,
2: and the second one is is this bus. So uh, Atlanta, it's been a while since they've celebrated a championship. My God. And that's the parade bus. Slow down. Speeding. <laughs> what the, the hell is it doing? <laughs> Do you remember the yeah. box bus did the same thing? Like why are they going so quickly? Like the, like imagine the difference between that bus
1: and the raptors situation. There was a picture of so, yeah, well, the raptors didn't <laughs> get it anyway. Snails I saw, pace. I saw I, I like the first one, uh Josh Peterson, just didn't because like the bus. I, okay. I, I saw it in the box parade, a speeding bus. And I also saw like the police grabbed one of the Braves players who was trying to change buses <laughs> as though they didn't know he was part of the Braves. Oh, that's awesome. so good. Yeah, that's pretty good.
2: Uh, okay, let's move on to basketball here in Last Call. So how about Shea Gilgis-Alexander last night? He led the Thunder to another comeback win over the Lakers, scoring 11 of his 28 points in the fourth quarter, including uh, from the logo. That's right. a Ridiculous. ridiculous
1: At that time of the game? Ridiculous. Like, we're
2: seeing, we're seeing uh, more and more of this, by the way, pulling up from the logo. Yeah. Uh, Shay, just the latest to do it. Um, are the Thunder the Lakers kryptonite? Is this, this is the second
1: time. I thing, know what so you're far saying. Far. Yeah, second time they've had two wins on the season. Both of them have come against the Lakers. They've come from 26 and 19 down to beat the Los Angeles Lakers. I'll say what I said at the start of the season. No, they're not. their kryptonite because I don't think the Lakers are that good. I'm with you on that. And they're still among the two favorites in Vegas. I looked this morning. Makes no they're sense. They're still among the two favorites in Vegas. And LeBron's out for a week now. Like they, got, they got
2: some issues. They're old. Yeah. Like and they're not- banged up. Yeah. And Russell Westbrook still doesn't fit. He can be a great player and not a great fit.
1: Correct. Which is what he's been his entire career. <laughs> exactly. All right, that's it for us, kids. Thanks for watching this week. As we leave you, we will take one last look back at our week on Tim and Friends. You know why, Jesse? Friday then. It's Friday then. It's Saturday, Sunday. Uh, it's, Friday then. it's Friday then. It's Friday then.
0: It's Saturday, Sunday what? It's Friday then. It's Friday, Sunday what? It's Friday, again. what?
6: It's Friday, Sunday
1: you are looking live in the Timothans, Tim and Sid. Oh, I did it. Uh, back from a wedding for the ages. It is Jesse Rubinoff. Mazel Timmy,
2: Only. thank you. I already am twirling my ring like crazy. Like, this is a yes. new thing. It took me 20 minutes to develop a new like nervous... You'd just be like me and never wear it. Yeah, right. I lost two rings. The next day, I left it at home. <laughs>
1: I told you. Pathetic <laughs> display by me. Hell yeah, it's time for a candy drop. Uh, we've got Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, uh, Nestle Crunch. These are the full-size Rockets. Mm, to the and, moon. Uh, yeah, to the moon. <laughs> rockets <laughs> <sun. laughs> If I handed you the first overall pick right oh now. Oh my goodness. Where do you go? By the way, can you can you lift the camera up a little bit, Sebby? He's kind of on the old, uh,
4: hey. Hey, stop it!
1: What is it? Snickers.
2: Snickers, the number one overall but, pick. Ninja Cat says uh, Glossette Raisins number one. Get out of here. I uh, also like O'Henry Henry and Wonder Bar. There's a Rolo on there. A Rolo, Jesse. You would take Rolo over Glossettes? Oh! What are Is we that doing crazy? here? What you Of course or? you would! You like Rolo? Okay, there's people here that are saying they would throw Rolo out. That they would throw it in the trap. I give up. They would literally throw it in the trap.
1: Check the O-I, oh, you like it so far. far. Smack your back in you deal with a deep scar. Let's take it back to the old school. From the Sixero Estates in Mississauga, Ontario, <laughs> oh, Sid no, Sixero nice. joins us now. Alex, just congratulations, man. Like, I felt like I won the World Series last night, and I'm like, I'm not in shape.
2: I was stressing at the beginning. I didn't even know if I could watch. I was like, so I switched to the Leaf game. The Canadians were on.
0: Uh, TNT had an NBA game on. I was just trying to do something. You
4: didn't watch the Leafs game?
6: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Wait a oh, hey, trust me, I was trying I to take my mind that. off it. I'm not kidding.
4: Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. What?